Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey guys, this is Erica Ramirez, Senior Editor at Billboard, and you're listening to The Juice Podcast. With me today is Features Editor Brad Watte and Pop Editor Jason Lipschitz. What? <laughs> Hi, what are you laughing at already? Nothing. You, yeah, you, you, you got my name. You got my name. I said Jason Lipschitz. Yeah, it's it's close enough. That's fine. No, it's <laughs> fine. It's fine. I'm surprised. I so I messed up your last name. I didn't yeah, mess up. it's Brad's more like a shuts than a shits. But it, you know what? It happens. <laughs> hey, I'm used to these things. I'm uh, used to it. That's. Um, but I'm, listen, I'm happy to be here. Uh, wh- whoever I am, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Stop. This is your first time on the Sorry. Juice yeah. Podcast. Sorry, so, this is also Brad's first time on the yeah. Juice Podcast. I know. We finally got the invitation. Uh feels really <laughs> nice. Feel honored. And um, in all seriousness, uh, I love the Juice Podcast. It's been going strong. You're laughing at me, but I'm being sincere <laughs> now that I, when I say I love the Juice Podcast, um, you guys have been doing a great job. And I am here. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Aw, thanks, Jace. Uh, Brad, anything you want to add? <laughs> um, <laughs> ditto and likewise. Um, Happy to be here. Well, I brought you guys on to talk about a few things, but I wanted to start out um, with Jason. I know you went to Bonnaroo this past weekend. I did, yes. I was specifically uh, interested in Kanye. First of all, Kanye's um, performance. Yes. How was it? So Kanye's performance at Bonnaroo uh, made headlines because he sort of made angry speeches against the press as well as angry speeches against Bonnaroo goers who trashed his name both in 2008, the last time he performed and had sort of a disastrous performance, as well as every year since then, there have been, you know, F Kanye written in, in the festival grounds. Like I, I've, this is the fourth year I've been and I've seen in every single year. So he was rightfully pissed off. Um, so that kind of made the headlines. I I think that it was a strong performance, but uneven. Um, he was supposed to perform for two hours. He played for about an hour and 40 minutes, and about 20 minutes of that hour and 40 minutes were just him talking. And I think that a lot of people were turned off by that designation of time. There, there were moments where it was just as great as any Kanye show, where he played All the Lights and Touch the Sky, and... That's what people wanted to hear, but I think he got a little lost in the, you know, the 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 laughing, the I'm back, the, you know, the this is what uh, I, I always give you guys 110 percent, and and kind of you know being very defensive in that regard. Right. 
Brad, did you want to say something? Man, uh, well, when you talk about a Kanye show, you, you if you're a real fan, you already know that you're, what you're getting into as far as uh, your time with yeah. them, and you're definitely gonna get the like the full a full dosage of the rants. Uh, yes. So if you're not a if you're not a true fan, as a lot of festival goers are, you you just end up seeing the headliner because he's present or they're present. Then you might be on a like the W the WTF tip and just think that this guy's is losing his mind and why is he wasting time when he could be up there performing songs I like. Yeah. Uh, and then of and of course, like you said, he was he was pissed from years past and people writing F Kanye on bathroom. Um, Porter potties yeah. and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I I, I, love, I really loved them at on the Yeezy store. I saw them last November at Barclays out in Brooklyn, and it was a blast. I'm a fan, um, so um, I probably would have enjoyed <laughs> Bonnaroo. Yeah. I mean, the the thing is that there were people booing during his 20 minute speech, but and it really was 20 minutes, and 20 minutes is a long time. Do we call it a speech or do we call it a rant? I'm calling it a speech because that's one of the points I wanted to make is that uh, people are going to focus on the negativity. It actually was, you know, as offensive as he was, there were some positive messages as in like, you know, if you support me, you support yourself, you can do whatever you want. I never thought I'd be here. Um, Which is a speech he did throughout yeah. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's not like he was like raining fire on the Bonnaroo crowd, but... You know, there were a lot of boos and there were a lot of people leaving halfway through. But there were also, you know, it's that's going to happen in a crowd of how ma- however many thousand, maybe 70,000 um, during the headliner. And, yeah, people are going to leave early to catch other stuff at a festival. And, you know, there were a lot of people who stayed around the whole time who went absolutely insane for mercy and touch the sky and power. I, I mean, it's... Um, it was polarizing for sure, but that's like Brad said, that's a Kanye West show in 2014. This is not the glow in the dark show where it's a lot of hits and he's still kind right. of a rising star. And this is this is Kanye, the artiste in 2014. And uh, and like he says, and like I think he said it in, in that speech rant, whatever people want to call it. If you're a fan of Kanye, you're a fan of yourself. So exercise self love <laughs> enjoy the show You're just adding on to his speech and yeah <laughs> <laughs> just enjoy the show and if you don't leave quietly man I, I, like i was one of those people um that really enjoyed like i said um the Yeezus tour when i saw it months back and during that break in the music when he does all that talking i was maybe two rows in front of a guy who was yelling at the top of his lungs during like basically what is a sermon <laughs> of sorts screaming yeah. at Kanye saying rap turn the music on and you know the people who were in uh in the pews were looking at this guy like he was crazy yeah um so i mean you just kind of have to know what you're getting into because you are going to be disappointed if you go anywhere and you don't you don't get if you go to a movie and somebody all of a sudden they stop the movie and the and the lead actor just starts talking at you yeah you're gonna be like hold on (laughs) <laughs> where, 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 where are the effects so i get it i totally get it and i understand it um but all that being said welcome to the show well Enjoy. and the last point i want to make is i think that i didn't see the Yeezus tour uh, i've seen kanye before but i i didn't see this tour and i think i get the feeling that this tour and this performance works a lot better at an arena show mm-hmm. than at a mm-hmm. festival because 
Yeah, like you said, if you're going to the Yeezus tour, if you're paying money to see specifically Kanye, you're seeing you're going to see all of Kanye. Like you know what you're getting mm-hmm. into more. At something like Bonnaroo, he's surrounded on the lineup by people like Elton John, like Lionel Richie, like you know Jack White, like pe- artists who are huge and have hits, but are more crowd pleasing and and more you know let's just play the hits and and yeah. have some fun stage banter. That's not Kanye at all. So it's not a it's not a bad thing. It's actually kind of a good thing that he's not just that he he pushes for more. It's it's going to turn some people off as it did at Bonnaroo. So the latest Kanye rumor is that Kanye has been omitting Jay Z's name from songs during his performances. Uh, apparently, he did so at the X Games. And then I was going to ask you, Jason, if you. Um, caught that if that even occurred so i did not catch that I, I stayed for the whole kanye performance i did not catch him not using jay-z's name uh, maybe it's something i missed i'm i'm pretty sure i'm i would say 99.9 percent sure that he did not omit jay's name in touch the sky where um he says you know now he looks at me like damn dog you were i am like he i'm pretty sure he said jay in that line um there were a couple other songs, I think, uh, maybe Blood on the Leaves, uh, but I, d- I didn't catch it. I feel like I would have caught it m- if he had. I mean, maybe I was asleep at the wheel a little bit, but uh, <laughs> I, d- I didn't notice that. I think right. it's kind of, and even if he did, it's like, is that really how someone like Kanye is going to conduct business if he has beef with Jay-Z? Like, I, I-, I just don't get that. Right. It's like, that's how you shade him is that you don't, you omit his name from lyrics. It's if like, Brad didn't go to your wedding, <laughs> would you just not acknowledge him in speeches? I would or be like, I would be like, I love the Billboard.com team and name nine people and be like, and our features editor. And I just wouldn't say Brad's name. <laughs> yeah, that's how it. Would, that's how that would go down. No, I just th- I, I think that's so silly and childish, and that's kind of why I don't believe that that's the case it's just you know this is the kind of stuff that i i get when kanye rolls his eyes eyes at the press where it's like all this speculation on something so small and and by the way i i just thought it was so funny that kanye going back to the bonnaroo performance so part of his performance was him yelling literally where the press at just screaming Mm -hmm. where i you know i raise my hand i'm part of the press i'm like hey i'm right here i mean i was in the back But anyway, he's so he was so mad at the press. He was because of what they said about his 2008 performance. He was like, "Pearl Jam screwed me up," and it's just so funny to me that that Kanye blames the press for him being hours late and people booing him for being hours late. I mean, that you know, if you want to blame anyone, blame the people that got on him for you know not understanding why he's late and just booing him mercilessly because that's what happened in 2008. It's it's. You know, the press just kind of reported that people booed him. I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of backwards as well. But anyway, yeah, going back to your Jay Z point, um, I I, th- I don't I don't I didn't catch that, and I I don't think it, I think it's kind of silly. Yeah, and um, like days later, he was in uh in Cannes, France, and um was on a panel where he was talking about how he only works with the best people, and right. I think initially it was perceived as a diss because he said something mentioning um, Jay-Z's deal with Samsung and putting out the Magna Carta album last year through that that partnership. But he said that the reason why he wouldn't work with Samsung as opposed to why he would work with Apple is because Apple is one of the the leader in their their field of 
work as opposed to Samsung, who he said isn't number one. And then he said, but that's why I work with people like Jay-Z, because they are number one. Right. So just on a, on a timetable level, yeah. this guy was at Bonnaroo two, three days before. Uh, spe- uh, you know, speculation is that he, he was omitting uh, so Jay-Z's name. So you're reaching when it comes yeah, to the Jay-Z. It's, just, it's an extreme reach because you don't, you don't do beef. something like that. And, you know, uh, as opposed to some pe- some art- artists who can may be considered uh, to have uh, bipolar tendencies, Kanye is pretty, like, consistent as far as, like, how he feels about things, people. Right. Uh, so, yeah, reaching. Reaching, right. completely reaching. I remember, I forget where, where it was where he said this, but I think about a year ago he addressed the drake beef rumors because don't don't you remember that there were like some drake beef rumors right. yeah. and then he's i totally forget where this was but he he said that like people are talking about how i hate drake but drake's one of the, right. the brightest young yeah. artists like i think it's the exact same thing where yeah. he's probably i mean i hope it doesn't have to come to this point where he has to you know issue a statement and be like no guys <laughs> me and jay-z are fine right but that's basically what he did with drake yeah i think that was uh during his like radio press run where he would go from yeah, like radio yeah, station yeah. to radio station yeah i think that yeah that was probably coming right off of like because he did he went to ovo fest this year kanye right, right. yeah last year yeah he yeah. did and then came the radio run so yeah um jason you mentioned you didn't go to the Jesus tour was it because you hate the Jesus <laughs> album <laughs> so i'm i don't want to make myself an enemy to your listeners um that as Erica and Brad, no, it is my my dislike of Jesus is well documented as well. <laughs> I really don't like that album, and I own every other Kanye West album. I think right. he's a brilliant artist, and I think brilliant artists are allowed to make colossal mistakes. <laughs> Jesus is a colossal I think, mistake. I think Jesus. I don't think. Well, you know what? Mistake is the wrong word. I just think it's a. a it just didn't appeal to you. It didn't appeal to me. Yes. See, <laughs> I see. There you go. Let's not call it bad. Let's just say it didn't taste good to it, you. It did not taste good to me. <laughs> well, and, uh, I yeah. asked you that not to um, put me on blast, not to make you sound like a hater. I asked that. <laughs> I asked that to also ask both of you what you guys are expecting or would like to hear on Kanye's new album. Um, go ahead, Brad. Uh, <laughs> Man, I'm uh, still sipping haterade. No, so yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, chill yeah. For Go a ahead and, and take another swig. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, I, I'm not one of those people. I mean, uh, okay, first off, I'll say, I am one of those people who, however the artist feels, that's how, what I want to hear. I don't, I'm not really a m- much of a fan of like, this is what works. This is what's going to yeah. be another hit. So do that. So if, if Kanye was in that in that zone this time last year and he was Mr. Angry Man, then, then give me all you got. Um, but not to put, you no know, thoughts or whatever on, 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 uh, not to put thoughts in Kanye's uh, mouth, I guess, so to speak. Um, I think that he looks a bit happier, and he, he appears to be in a way happier place than he was this time last year. He's married. He has a, a beautiful daughter. Um, you know, a lot of the things that he was angry about last summer are coming true. He has the Adidas line coming. Um, business-wise, it seems like he's about to announce some other collaborative efforts. So he's he's realizing or beginning to realize a lot of his dreams all that is to say that i would expect this album to be a whole lot happier um so i'm looking forward to hearing you know things that can be played in clubs that can be played at parties and not you know change the mood immediately to to anger or frustration or something like that a lot of yeezus can't couldn't be played in the midst of 
a, a barbecue mix or a brunch mix or you know <laughs> it'd be pretty intense it, yeah, barbecue. it'd be pretty intense drop new slaves you know exactly <laughs> exactly new slaves isn't fit for uh french toast yeah. so uh, i'm really excited to hear you know something that's a little bit more diverse uh yeah that's that's really yeah it. i mean for me like i said i, I didn't love Yeezus. One of the most frustrating things about Yeezus to me was that there were a lot of good ideas there. And you listen to... (laughs) There were a lot of good ideas. There there. were a lot of good ideas. (laughs) Poorly executed ideas. Well, here's the thing. I mean, (laughs) you know, a lot of those songs to me were brilliantly constructed. I just didn't personally vibe with any of the lyrics on this album. In, in In the sense that My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy just completely blew me away with how surreal and and visceral his response to basically being an asshole as perceived to as perceived by everyone Mm -hmm. uh was i thought yeezus was a missed opportunity in terms of you know really getting to say what he wanted to say becoming this rock star he he went in he went in so many different angles and didn't you know really say anything cohesive to me you know that's just my opinion but uh, again a lot of people that love that album it just didn't gel with me what i'd love to see from his next album is to take some of the music from yeezus and really kind of incorporate that into his hip-hop production and even if not maybe he goes deeper down the rock hole and find something really profound to say this time around. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to Yeezus part two. I, I just hope that, you know, the, the messages are a little more clear to me at least. All right. All right. Well, I think not only I, but I think we hear that it's less, less brash. Yeah. I guess a little bit more melodic. Um, some soul samples have returned. Um, so it doesn't sound like it will, sound like Jesus. Yeah. So well, yeah, you may be buying this one. Man, the thing is it's like to, to give a perfect example like Black Skinhead, I think that the music of Black Skinhead is unreal and unbelievable and then the lyrics I just can't get behind at all. And th- so that's like kind of how I feel about that album and and you know, maybe he goes deeper down that well, maybe it's more melodic. I love his melodic stuff, so right. we'll see. Another Bonnaroo act I wanted to talk about was Frank Ocean. You know, his album is rumored to drop in July. Can't wait. Um, this is also why Brad is on this pod, uh, podcast episode. <laughs> um, but there's not much else out there about the album. Do you think that Frank Ocean can or will pull, quote unquote, a Beyonce and just drop his album next month and call it a day? That would be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would yeah. be great. I would be very happy about that. And I think we talk about the artists who could pull a Beyonce and right. generate that kind of excitement. I think Frank Ocean is definitely one of those artists now. He sort of did that with Channel Orange to some extent. Right. I remember that it was supposed to come out the third weekend in, uh, of July uh, 2012. And then he performed on Jimmy Fallon. And it was like, oh, by the way, it's out a w- It's out now a week early. Go get it. Right. Um. So I think he's definitely open to something like that in terms of a strategy. And it wouldn't shock me if it dropped and people lost their mind. New Frank Ocean album all over Twitter. I want to say like people, I mean, I know that artists do care as far as sales go, but I'm not sure if he cares so much about it to the point where if he wants to drop it, he will. And then he'll see about sales. Yeah. 
I think yeah. he would be one of those artists. Yeah, I think uh, the thing about pulling the Beyonce is you'd be hard pressed to find an artist who literally is as big, as famous, as highly regarded as her. So it's, it probably wouldn't come out to the same amount of fanfare just because there wouldn't be, there's not going to be the same amount of people on Twitter or Facebook losing their shit because Frank Ocean released a, a new album. All that being said, on a, a on a cool factor level, on a fan anticipation, there are a lot of people who are true fans of his that are waiting on any semblance of Frank Ocean new material. So I'd be excited to to get that and to, to wake up in the middle of the night to crazy emails from Billboard. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> uh, work, workmates saying, you know, have you heard this thing? What's going on? Um... So he's definitely capable of it, I'm sure. And he's not super into press and media to begin with. So it'd be it's that kind of be an ideal situation because he doesn't have to do the press leading up to it. He doesn't have to do a lot of things that, you know, artists have to do to promote. He can just drop it and, and, and cherry pick as far as where he wants to perform, maybe do Fallon again, maybe, you know, do a little bit of this and that, but just drop it and, and kind of fade away until it's time to tour it. Yeah, I think the most exciting thing about the prospect of a new Frank Ocean album just falling out of the sky is that it literally could be anything. Like right. we, he's demonstrated before that he's not afraid to make, you know, the single of his album a 10-minute song like Pyramids is. What we have no idea what to expect from this Frank Ocean album and that's one of the most exciting feelings you could have is just right. to, you know, it, it appears in iTunes and then you say all right, let's let's dive in. We right. haven't heard anything yet. He's performed. He well, he performed a few new songs. But it was at the top of last year, but I mean, he's that artist where you he might not even put yeah, those right. songs on the yeah. album, so we can't really say. Yeah. Um. Uh, go ahead, Brad. Oh no, I just wanted to quickly say, like, I just think it's really cool. Um, especially in this day and age when you have Twitter and all these different mediums and artists can keep in touch and they're kind of almost uh, as reachable, definitely more reachable than any other uh, music era has ever had as far as fans to artists' relationships. It's really cool when artists kind of just disappear. Uh, so especially for this show, so an artist like, like Frank, an artist like Kendrick Lamar where – you kind of, I, I was saying it the other day, like, I was just wondering, like, what are these guys up to? Because they're not making any noise whatsoever. And I was they're like, oh, quiet. they're they're creating. Yeah. And that's just, that's really cool and exciting for me. Because like you said, I have no idea what Frank Ocean is doing. He's not on Twitter talking about, like, in the studio with such and such, or I'm in this kind of groove right now, or whatever. So when he releases the first single, or he, 
you know, releases that album out of the blue, um, if that if he chooses to do so, we'll all be uh, pleasantly surprised, hopefully, but definitely surprised. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I respect so much about the hip hop community is that artists are just allowed to to go away and and work on their next opus. I think that that's it's harder to do in pop music and rock music and and country music to some extent. A lot of people asking questions, where are they? Where's the single? What's going on? With someone like Jay-Z and Kanye and Beyonce and, you know, now Frank and Kendrick, you can have these, you can, you can have artists, you know, take some time and everyone's totally fine with that. I, I and I respect that. Let, let, let the people cook, as Erica is, uh, <laughs> is want to say. I will say, though, that I feel like rap fans are the most critical when the music actually comes out. Oh, for sure. So oh, I guess yeah. like that's like the downside of... Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so I'm going to switch gears and talk about Drake. I, mean, I know it's a surprise yeah. to both of you guys. Okay. <laughs> talk about Drake. Because, <laughs> you know, I never talk about Drake. Um, so his Freestyle Zero to 100 slash The Catch Up debuts on Rap Airplay this week at number 22. I was wondering and waiting for that song to get on one of our charts, and it finally did. What um, you're smiling, Jason? <laughs> no, I love. Hey, I'm I'm always happy to talk about Drake. <laughs> okay, so what do you think about Zero to One Hundred? I think it's I think it's great. I think it's in line with all of his songs that he just sort of tosses out, right? Uh, in between albums, it might not be as amazing as an album cut. It might not be Hold On, We're Going Home, but it's it's still Drake. It's still something special because it has his name attached to it. I mean, I, I enjoyed Draft Day when that came out. I, I enjoyed the songs that he dropped before Take Care, like Dreams Money Can Buy, um, and the song with Rick Ross, whose name I'm blanking on. Free Spirit. Free Spirit, oh. yeah. Yes. Tap my name on your chest so I know it's real. So I know it's real. Um, yeah. I did that. that. I got I got his, I got got his. Drake's name tatted <laughs> on my chest. Um, <laughs> Is that but, your, what's your favorite non-album cut? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, probably trust issues. I've, okay, so trust issues has a part of Khaled's song in it, like the I'm on one song. Yeah, that yeah. is the, that is the reason why I don't like trust issues because I'm like you know. I no, I just out of I, all those. I love trust issues. It's that's the most to me. Trust issues was I, I remember because Marvin's room came out right, and I was like, oh wow, Drake's going full emo right. And then, so he's on like almost cry. like this emo course, and then he keeps going and going. <laughs> and the end point to me is trust trust issues. Right. Like you cannot get he he arrived at trust issues and said, "I've I've gone to the top of the emo mountain, and I can't." <laughs> and now he has to go back down, and that's why I love trust issues. That is <laughs> that is perfect. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Our producer is cracking up. I don't know how you could follow up with that. that. I was just gonna say I like Five AM in Toronto is my my favorite. The whole um, every song sounds like Drake featuring Drake was perfect. A couple of great lines in that one. But the emo moment, I don't. I mean, Mountain Peak, I don't. Go ahead, bro. I'm not. It's it's not about trying to to follow up with Jason's (laughs) thoughts. Because you know you just just, can't. I'll just have my own, and they will be different. Um, no, I think one of my, well, I have two favorites, um, Free Spirit, which Jason already mentioned, and uh, 
I don't know. I, I like just the, the fun stuff. Uh, like girls love Beyonce. I like. I like. Oh, that God. <laughs> of course you like girls <laughs> love Beyonce. That was a great song with James Fauntleroy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just love that he puts out all this. Like, it's still quality music, even though maybe it's not. It's, it's not as cohesive as, uh, or it doesn't make as much sense as the stuff that eventually makes the album. It's like, of course it doesn't, because. Um, Create one, especially an artist like Drake, he creates stuff, and it's like this is a body of work. And song two has to somehow make sense when it's when ten minutes goes by and you're on song five. Um, so all this stuff that he's kind of making on the fly just because it feels good, you know, is not necessarily trash. Which you know, which is a lot, which is the case a lot of the times when a lot of, when people artists we interview people all the time and they'll say, "Man, I made fifty songs for this album and only." You know, twelve and of it them. Makes you yeah. a little nervous. Cut and it makes you yeah. nervous. What with Drake, if he says he he made thirty songs, you actually want to hear number twenty nine. Right. And uh, if if that's trust issues, if that's free spirits, if it's girls of Beyonce, um, <laughs> they're all worth they're all worth your time. Um, so in this case, yeah, girls of Beyonce is just is just loose and cool and accurate <laughs> and yeah. accurate. Yeah. <laughs> But you mentioned hold on, we're going. That's totally different than uh, oh yeah these freestyles. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that, and that's why people have to take something like zero to one hundred or draft day or something like that with a grain of salt because it's not as radio ready. Some would say as hold on, we're going home. I mean, it, obviously that's an R and B song, but yeah, these are these are kind of tossed out songs that are. I almost think of them as like, you know, free association for, for yeah. Drake. It's yeah. like he he's thinking about girls love Beyonce one day. He just wants to rap about that, and maybe it might not make the album, but it's still worth hearing because it's Drake. Here's yeah. my thing: is that even though they probably won't make an album, I wouldn't be mad to hear Zero to One Hundred on an album. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Or Draft Day, or you know, yeah, some songs long. like that. I think that's why. And like you mentioned, like it makes me nervous when artists are like, "Oh, here's another freestyle," and yeah. I'm like, "Oh no!" But yeah. with, with Drake, I don't think there's been one, you know, where I'm just like, "You shouldn't have put this freestyle out. You should have held it." Yeah, and I mean, another zero to one hundred would have been another artist like single on, yeah. a, on an album. And the one of the reasons I like this song particularly is just because you don't get to hear. Um, to his credit, Drake usually has like a, a purpose. Like with every song, especially on the ones that makes make albums. They have a very, very much so have a purpose. They're in sync with the rest of the album in some way or form. But most artists um, ramble and it sounds good. Like mm -hmm. they ramble in the words rhyme. So it's like, okay, his flow is tight or whatever. And you can say um, Rick Ross is excellent at, at saying nothing and sounding good at it. Um, and there are like 20 other rappers who are great ones, but just talk. Um, so you never really get a chance to hear Drake do that. So zero to one hundred to one hundred is is really a good example of like Drake just raps and he's a good right. like he's a, a grade A rapper and sometimes it it has a grandiose purpose and sometimes he just felt like going for it. And like it's the fact good. that he could do this is, I guess, the point for me is yeah. the fact that he could put out these freestyles and people could listen to it, um, on the radio so much that it actually charts. Without yeah. any other push, and is it uh, is it on sale? This is no, straight off of streams it's all, and it's all radio and radio. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, the cult of Drake is real. Like yeah. he is a massive, massive star. Uh, he's on his third album, and each uh, sales week debut uh, 
has been bigger than the last. Right. Um, which is very, very rare. So yeah, he's he's you know he's Drake. He's a massive superstar. Yeah, and in, in between you know the the last album he released and now, yeah, you know, he's probably released like an album's worth of free material. On, well, yeah, just even site. just the freestyles that he's put out, yeah. like the Jodeci freestyle, like even like a list of those. Is it, you know, yeah, it's just amazing. He really keeps album. like his fans like well fed. It's like you get an album, a quality great album, and then you get several streams of consciousness throughout the year. Right. And then the you get album. and then you get another album. Not right. to mention all the features. So it's a lot of just material, and it's not it's not overdoing it. Um, it's it always feels like it's almost right on time. Like you weren't asking for it, but you got zero to one hundred, and now you're playing it a, a bunch of times to the point now where, like you said, it's charting. Right. Well, I wanted um, to close the episode with a question that I have just one word answer to, but you guys hopefully will have more than that. <laughs> um, Lil Wayne is putting out two albums supposedly this year. He was supposed to retire apparently after Carter Five, but he has extra um, songs that did not make Carter Five, so he will put out two albums. Are you excited for two Lil Wayne albums? Because clearly my answer for myself is no, I'm not excited. You're not? I am not excited. Like, I, I'm not excited. I think it depends on what the al- the two albums are to me. What if one is Carter Five yeah. and the other one is a rock album again? <laughs> like well, then I'll be, I'll be more excited for the rock album. What? <laughs> no, what uh, if it's a pop album? If it's Rebirth 2, boy, you better watch out for that. Um, or if it's an I'm a not, I am I'm still not a human being after two albums of not being a human being. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that Lil Wayne has had a rough couple years in terms of critical output. I, I think that he's had some strong material over that time, but nothing compared to when he was going from 2005 to 2008. Those oh, four course. years was the word you know, monstrously successful for him. And and yeah, I I mean, my expectations for Carter 5 aren't soaring based on the Carter 4 and everything that's come in between these two Carter albums, but it's still Wayne. And part of me still hopes that he took some time off and got his head right and is going to come back really strong. I have no idea what that second album is. It really <laughs> might be a rock album. It might be like a polka album. Who the hell knows? Well, yeah. it's, the thing is that it, it's supposedly leftover songs. So it's like, thing. is it going to be that much different that's than the Carter That's what I was five? just saying. There's a, there are a lot of artists who say, you know, I caught a groove and I made a hundred, a hundred songs. And if, like I said, if that's Drake, you know, you want to hear those latter stage, you know, I just had it in me, so I rapped. But... Lil Wayne, I mean, he's notorious for having, of being that guy that if you leave him in a studio for three days and he has a thousand beat options, he's going to rap on a thousand different beats and say the same thing. So are you Uh, saying that Drake has surpassed his mentor? I mean, in quality of uh, albums, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I was like, because if you say no, you are no longer on the podcast. (laughs) Drake, Drake is by far a better album maker than Lil Wayne. By far, it's not even a question. The I can't really current, aim. Well, the current Lil Wayne, the past like five years. Oh yeah, for sure. Lil Wayne, yeah, yeah. I I, I think that oh, I kind of want to have like a separate podcast just debating what that second 
Lil Wayne album is going to be. <laughs> Could I don't it be even... T-Wayne? Are we finally getting T-Wayne? There's no. also the Lil Wayne times Jewel Santana album. I was just going to say that. Lil oh, Wayne man. and Drake album. They are oh, going man. on tour. Yeah. Yeah, that you did not sound no, so excited I for really that one. Like that. You, want, like, uh, you want it to be T-Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if a T Wayne album dropped tomorrow, I would listen to it a hundred percent, just but because of just the, listen, the spectacle. But you hate Yeezus. I don't know if you're going to be on this podcast <laughs> again because the fact that you would buy a Lil Wayne T Wayne album. I don't think a T Wayne album would be good. I just I refuse hear to call it, it T Wayne. That's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I I don't really know what it would be. Would it be like an R and B album? Because like How to Love, I think pretty it's well? what <laughs> if it. I think it's just more. I think it's just. I mean, yeah, more. He, he makes it sound as if it's. Yeah, it sounds like it's just going to be an extension. I don't. Carter I don't think 5. there's 2. any. There's any like new idea to it. It's like there's a Carter Five, and oh, by the way, I've just I have more songs, and yeah. uh, it's not going to be a. He can't. Uh, he doesn't want to do a Carter Five double album, so you get you get two albums from Lil Wayne in 2014, and I think in the, in the clip that Wheezy Wednesday's clip where he kind of made that announcement for two albums this year, he said there'd probably be even more music in 2015. Yeah, I mean it makes sense just based on looking at like what Justin Timberlake did. Like, you know, people like 2020 Experience Part One more than Part Two. <sighs> Oh, that is another episode <laughs> that, of the podcast. That, Only me, feature Brad. Let me tell. You, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where Justin Timberlake is, but I can smell the second half of that 2020 experience oh my album. Goodness gracious! And it's, well, it's rancid. <laughs> it's just like it's bad. What I was gonna say is that it really helped his sales to for him to split them up in terms of two album releases, one in March and one in September. He had two number one albums. They both surpassed 300,000 copies yeah, sold. So, yeah. I mean, Lil Wayne is probably f- looking at that and and looking at how much material he has and thinking. Why the heck don't I do that and drop two albums in, in this year? Right. We'll see. But yeah, to answer your question, no, not excited for the <laughs> other. <laughs> you want to <laughs> make sure you add that you're not excited. Yeah, let really, really just answer this question. <laughs> yeah, that second, whatever follows Carter Five. I do think Lil Wayne is kind of in a, gro- a good groove as far as rapping, rapping is concerned. I do like his verse on Loyal. I do like him on uh, the one with him and Drake, Believe Me, I think mm-hmm. is what it's called. I yeah, like that single. Yeah. And, that's, that's, single. and that's Wayne's first single. Yeah. yeah, I do like those songs. So I feel like he's in a good groove. And if he puts out a tight 12, 13 song album, which I hope Carter Five is, I, I think it'll be worth listening. I think it'll be solid. But Anything past that. I am a human being for two was around like 18 songs, wasn't it? It was like a long. Yeah. yeah Wayne packs it in. <laughs> yeah. I just thought of another one that would really. This this one, I, I kid about T Wayne. This actually would excite me if there was a like father, like son part two. I would not be Lil mad Wayne at that. And, Lil Wayne and Birdman album. I would lap that yeah. up. You know exactly what like you're getting a with that. Madman. Yeah. Yeah. I would not be oh mad at that. Oh my goodness gracious. Please don't ever mention the T Wayne album ever again. <laughs> but a fun, a fun, well, not so fun fact for me album because I'm really a big fan of when artists say like they stuck with an album from its conception in their mind to like damn near it getting pressed up in a factory and Lil Wayne is is one of those artists where he just is the creator and then he kind of hands like a bin of songs to uh the executive producer and says here pick them like pick the ones that make the album so I think as far back as like the Carter one or Carter two he hasn't really been like this song has to make it this song doesn't make it so when you get Lil Wayne albums you get what someone else thought would be a, you know a good 
plate of food for you. Here's how I would play it if I was Lil Wayne right now, and you know, with with this impending album release coming up, I would drop any kind of mixtape I could, and and just really put out like a ten song mixtape and really get people excited about the carter five just just do your darndest to make sure that this is not another you know do you think that should be those quote-unquote leftover songs i think think so i just think smarter i think that if he wants to get people on board for the carter five and a lot of people are going to buy the carter five when it comes out but if he wants to get real critical hip-hop fans on board Drop a mixtape beforehand, kind of saying, "Hey, th- hey guys, I'm back. I'm hungry again. This is a preview. Carter Five's coming." And it, you know what? If that mixtape was good, I'd be excited for the Carter Five. I honestly would. I'm gonna connect you with Birdman after this, and you can uh, <laughs> you can Singing let him know. Yeah. I'm rubbing oh, my June hands. You can't see. I, the listeners can't see, but I am rubbing my hands as we speak. On that note, um, we are going to end this episode of the Juice Podcast. Thank you guys for coming, for hating, and everything that you do that I love. <laughs> Can't wait to be back. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. It's just you.